Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Yale HealthCasts. My name is Dr. Adam Smith and I'll be your host today. I'm joined by Christiane Knuckles-Fabry, physician assistant and clinician in the Department of Internal Medicine at Yale Health. Christiane, welcome. Thank you. Today we are here to talk about one of the most popular topics of the summertime, that is tick-borne exposure and to some extent tick-borne illness. People have a lot of questions living in the famous area of Lyme, Connecticut. So I thought I would start with some generic questions and we can get into more details as, as you would like. Um, the first question that I have as the warm weather approaches is, do we need to be more careful about preventing tick bites or is this something that's unavoidable? Well, uh, ticks are more active in the warm weather. So absolutely, we need to be aware of it more. We're going to be outside more. We need to protect exposed body parts from tick bites. People are familiar with um, certain types of repellents, but I understand that there are some pretty basic things that we can do just in regard to our clothing choices before we uh, go outside or venture into the woods. Can you, uh, can you speak to that for a moment? Well, generally, unless, of course, the weather is extremely hot, it's advisable to wear long trousers, long sleeves, cover up the legs, the arms, tuck your trouser, trousers into your socks, if you can, if you're wearing socks. And so that will minimize the area of exposed skin that the ticks can potentially gravitate toward. There are some studies that have shown uh, covering body parts is not terribly effective, but on the whole, I think it's a good idea. I know that whenever I'm outside on a spring or summer night and I get an insect bite or a mosquito bite, obviously that starts itching mm. right away. I know that I've been bitten. Mm. Do we get a similar reaction from Tick bites, or are all tick bites the same? Well, I, I'm not sure I can answer that question fully, but I think for the most part, tick bites are not very pruritic or itchy. Uh, some people are very sensitive, but most um, patients bitten by a tick actually are not aware of it. So it's important for them when they come home from a walk in the woods or in the nature surroundings to examine themselves for a tick. All right, good advice. Um, I know that tick bites, well, I should say that the most, the most classic tick bite that, that people are probably familiar with has to do with, with Lyme disease. Can mm -hmm. you speak to that for just a sec? So... Um, we know uh, since the late 70s, early 80s, that um, Lyme disease is a condition um, that was actually discovered in Old Lyme, Connecticut, in the Lyme area, which is why it's named Lyme. And it is born by a particular type of tick called um, in popular parlance, the deer tick. It's a very tiny um, tick on the order of two or three millimeters when it's not engorged. The um, 
scientific name is Ixodes scapularis. And this tick is the insect vector for the germ, the, the microbe, the spirochete that carries Lyme disease. So we've talked about when ticks are most commonly found, which is in the warmer times of the year. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about what we can do before we go out into the woods. <clears throat> put on long clothing, long pants if it's not too hot. Some types of insect repellent, put, although put that on some insect repellent, yeah, um, may also not be enough. So someone gets home and heaven forbid they find a tick on mm-hmm. themselves while they're doing their head to toe exam after they get back from their walk in the woods. What should they do? So the first thing they should do is to try and remove the tick. If they can't do it themselves, get somebody to help them. And the way that works best is to use either tweezers or a little forceps. Uh, If one doesn't have an instrument to do it, one should just use the fingers wearing some gloves or some some sort of uh, protecting the fingertips and pull the tick off the skin before it gets embedded more and before it gets engorged with blood and before it has a chance to transmit the agent of Lyme disease. Now, speaking about Lyme disease and the time from the initial tick bite, Mm -hmm. um, when I last read up on Lyme disease and tick exposure, Mm -hmm. it was the common thinking was is so long as the tick bite was within the last 24 hours that at least it it took a little bit longer than that to actually transmit um, the disease. Is that still the current thinking in your practice? I I think so. I I actually just read up on that before coming to talk to you to be sure and have the right information. Um, I think it is generally believed that it takes minimally 36 hours, if not 48 hours, of tick attachment and feeding to transmit the germ. Okay, excellent. Well, I'm sure that that'll be very reassuring to folks who have just come back from their walk in the woods and and find that tick crawling up their leg. Um, Most people, at least folks who live around Connecticut or have grown up here, are familiar with the bullseye rash Mm -hmm. as the classic representation for Lyme disease. Um, if you're not sure how long the tick has been there, should you find a tick on on your body? Or if there's no sign of a tick but you have a rash eruption, um, do you seek or do you recommend that people seek treatment at that time? Yes. So if they have a rash and if there is evidence that there has been tick exposure, even though the tick by that time may no longer be there, uh, and if the rash is sort of, it doesn't necessarily have to be the classic bullseye, erythema, migrants type of lesion, the patient should come in and be seen. And depending on the details of the history, we can treat them either with one single prophylactic dose, um, although by the time they have a rash, we would probably just give them a course of antibiotics for two weeks. Great. So this is something that's most oftentimes successfully mm-hmm. treated with antibiotics. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, good to know. Again, a lot of very reassuring information for our listeners today. I'd like to thank you very much again for coming in and um, have a great summer. 
Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. This has been a Yale University HealthCast, sponsored by Yale Health and the Office of Public Affairs. For more information on this and other health topics, visit our website, yalehealth.yale.edu.